Cairo, Seattle. It's time to get schooled with a professor, John Clayton. And welcome to School with a Professor. It's a pleasure to uh, talk to my buddy, Matt Williamson, uh, who, of course, has been you know, a former Steelers scout. He's been in the league, worked with him at ESPN. And he's got so many venues about the National Football League. And I know that uh, you can catch him at uh, Williamson NFL. But also, it's like, uh, you what, profootballnetwork.com you're on. I know you have a podcast. What all things can people do to keep up with all the stuff that you write and talk about? Yeah, you're right. A lot of different avenues, John. It's great to talk to you. I am writing for Pro Football Network. I do a daily podcast. It's called Peacock and Williamson. That's on the Locked On NFL Network. That's been going well. Tied in with the Steelers, as you mentioned. I'll be up at camp with them. Hopefully we have camp in a normal facet. I do a, a daily podcast for the Steelers uh, radio network, too. So, you know, lots of stuff going on, as usual. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's just start in the AFC, because uh, I, I, I just get the feeling that the AFC is loaded. Because I look at the, yeah, the fact you've got so many good young quarterbacks. You've got I, I count now maybe 11 possible playoff contenders. Would you agree with that? There's three, of course, in the uh, AFC North. There's two in the AFC South. There's, I think, possibly three because I'm a, be- a believer in the Chargers and the uh, uh, Denver Broncos. In the West. In the West, yeah. And, of course, in the East, I mean, there could be, depending on New England, there could be three. Depending on Miami, there could be three. I mean, that's 11 teams. Yeah, I agree with that. I think you know the opposite side of the coin is I don't think the Jets are ready. I don't think Cincinnati's ready. Jacksonville, I don't think that division's very good, even though no. it's a Julio buzz. But I don't think Jacksonville, and especially Houston, are ready to take that step. And I'm not very high on the Raiders. So, yeah, even you know with seven teams eligible this year and a 17-game schedule, I think all those teams you mentioned, especially if Denver can find a quarterback, which I don't know if that ship sailed or not, you'd be more doubt in than, than, than me, but... Uh, I think, you know, all those teams you mentioned certainly could be postseason type of, you know, candidates. And maybe even four or five of them could be Super Bowl contenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, I'm kind of wondering right now because it, it, what, I really like what George Payton has done with the Denver Broncos. I mean, you know, he yeah, really sure. fixed the defense up because last year the defense gave up 27.9 points a game. It was 21st in the league in yards allowed, and it had talent in the secondary, but it just couldn't stop anybody. And so now he, he goes out and he gets uh, two veteran quarterbacks, uh, cornerbacks who've come in there, Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, and then he goes out, he brings back Kareem Jackson, he pays. Justin Simmons. He drafts Patrick Sertan. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, I think that's the best secondary in football right now. I 100% agree. I mean, they almost have too many good corners, which is a luxury that no other teams have. You didn't even mention, you know, they got nothing from Vaughn Miller last year. I mean, he's going to be an upgrade of what they played with. I don't know if he'll be Vaughn Miller of old. And I really think Vic Fangio... Maybe the jury's out on him a little bit as a head coach, but as a defensive guy, there aren't much many better in the league. And you look at the offense, too. Those young skill guys they have are very impressive. Mike Munchak's offensive line's coming along well. So uh, I think it's a really interesting team. And, you know, the two quarterbacks they're picking from now couldn't be any more different. You know, I mean, Teddy always keeps his games close and checks down and is conservative, in my opinion, to a fault where Drew Locke kind of has the Jameis Winston mentality and style of play. 
But if he can reel it in a little, you know, they'll create big plays with you know his style of play. Yeah, and of course, I mean, the one thing is, is that uh, you know that they're uh, if they would ever consider trading Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, that that that's the team that uh, probably will scoop him up because it was yeah. a fiance is over in. Uh, Boulder, Colorado. I mean, you know, even though their grades on Pro Football Focus last year were bad because they were so young and dropped too many passes, but now they came back as a pass receiving core that uh, ranks sixth in the league, which is you know certainly something better than uh, Aaron Rodgers has been with in the last several years. How would you, John, rank them against the Chiefs if they were able to pull that kind of trade off? I think they'd be neck and neck. Yeah, if they pull that trade off, because also add to the fact that they have the fifth easiest schedule in football, because they're playing the fourth place schedule, and uh, you know they've got uh, you know a game against Jacksonville, Houston, New York Jets, and you know that's something that you can't say for Kansas City or all the other teams in the uh, AFC uh, West. So it's like uh, the easy schedule. In fact, some people think if they can get the trade done by the first of the regular season, which is probably unlikely, you know they could go eleven and zero. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it really is the one missing piece. And you even hear Deshaun Watts' na- name thrown around with them a little bit, too. I mean, obviously there's things that are prohibiting that from happening. But if they could even get average quarterback play, I'd be really interested to see where they would be. Yeah. Let's go in the division that you know the best, which is the uh, AFC North. How do you kind of stack that up? I think the Bengals are still clearly four, although I do have more hope for them than maybe others do. I mean, their defense was very injured last year. I think that'll come back. Um, I think the offensive line's not as big a problem as people think, and I think Burrow's going to be a star. Um, So I think the Bengals are a good last-place team if there is such a thing. Pittsburgh's probably three, and, you know, they're my team I'm closest with, of course, and... I think this is somewhat of their version of a rebuild, but I still think they're a playoff contender. I think they're really preparing for a year from now when they have a lot of salary cap space, which is rare, for the next quarterback, whether that's a rookie or Derek Carr or whomever. You know, I mean, there's a lot of different options. But I think this year is all about preparing for the next quarterback and having a really soft landing spot for whoever that is. And then I'd say Cleveland and Baltimore are going to battle it out. I mean, Cleveland, to me, has a really, really impressive roster. I think their coach is 100% legit. But there is an art to learning how to win in this league. And clearly Baltimore and Pittsburgh understand that, the rigors of the league, the travel, I mean, expectations. Will the Browns take a step back, or are they to that point now after winning a playoff game that they're ready to do it? And I think Baltimore is just pretty much as good as they've always been and are, are not going anywhere away. And, you know, we mentioned Super Bowl contenders. I could see Cleveland and especially Baltimore, you know, contending for Super Bowls. Where do you put Ben Roethlisberger right now? Because uh, clearly uh, he struggled in the second half of the season after going 11-0 and and uh, didn't look the same. I know he was coming off the elbow injury from actually the Seahawks game that I was covering two years ago. But uh, where, where do you kind of put Ben right now? And is this going to be his last year? I really think it is going to be his last year. He had a meeting with the Roonies and Kevin Colbert and Tomlin and took somewhat of a pay cut to come back this year, a more Steeler-friendly deal. But I really think the crux, and no one's told me this, this is just a hunch and being close to the organization, 
But I think the crux of that conversation was, Ben, we'd like you back, but you need to play our way. You know, we have a new offensive coordinator. We need to, get, you know, bump up our percentage of play action and jet motion and things to help the quarterback. And we'll get you a running back that's actually, you know, a quality player. We'll get you your Terrell Davis for the end of career Elway comparison is the one I use a lot. Um, I, th- I think he's better than ever above the shoulders, to be very honest. But what worries me is the amount of time that they got rid of the football. And you saw this a lot with, like, Eli at the end of his career. Those old guys don't like to get hit, especially as the season goes on. And while he looks great now, and I was down at minicamp, and he throws the football really well right now, the, the older guys really worry me when it gets cold and they got 12 games under their under their belt that year and their body's hurting and will he stand in the pocket and deliver? That I'm not sure about. Yeah, well, of course, well, the one thing is, how much of it was a scheme problem last year? Because they just threw so short. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> that's kind of a chicken or egg conversation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he were to stand in the pocket and drive out routes and intermediate throws would they have called so much you know what i mean like the, the teams will tell you what they think of their quarterback by how they divide the offense and i, I think that was pretty telling that um, they didn't love their protection they didn't have a running game but a huge problem that they lacked that there was a problem last year was nobody feared the deep ball you know the because people would just crowd the line of scrimmage and, you know, eliminate the run game, which wasn't really there, and you know, tackle after the catch. And he never made them pay over the top. And when they took shots downfield, they were always go routes to Claypool down the right sideline. You know, there was a lot of areas of the field they just didn't attack well or attack at all. They became too easy to defend. My big worry, I guess, for the Steelers is the fact that uh, too many changes on the offensive line. I mean, Mar- Marquise Pouncey retired. They lose Matt Feeler. You know, uh, Alejandro Villanueva goes to Baltimore. I mean, they could they could have as many as four new starters on that offensive line. And how good can they be? It's certainly a worry. And few teams have had the the Steelers continuity on the offensive line over the last you know five eight years. Pouncey, DeCastro, the guys you mentioned, Ramon Foster. But I will say Pouncey and Villanueva, who are gone, I don't want to say they were shells of themselves last year, but they weren't high-quality players at that stage of their career. I mean, it, I don't think they were super interested in bringing back either, and it was time for Pouncey to retire. I would think there's going to be more communication errors, things like that, that, that comes with continuity on the offensive line, which is super important. But I don't know that it's going to be worse than last year. I mean, Kevin Dotson's a really promising young guard, and if him and DeCastro could make a pretty good pair, doesn't sound like house. They're not household names, but Chuksakorafor and Zach Banner to me are an okay set of tackles. And the rookie is who is really pivotal here is the third round pick, Green, the center. I, my hunch is he'll get every opportunity to, to be the starter, but. You know, starting centers as a rookie is not an easy task. Where do you see Tennessee and Indianapolis fitting in, particularly now that Tennessee made the deal for Julio Jones? To kind of start our conversation, I think both of them are strong playoff contenders, and I'd probably put them at 50-50 odds to win the division against each other. I don't think either one is a Super Bowl contender, though. I mean, I love the Julio Jones addition for the biggest reason is – 
just getting guys out of the box to, to hand the ball to Henry. I think the loss of Arthur Smith, though, is a lot bigger than people set tend to make. I mean, he got a lot out of that offense. And the defense could be better. They really totally gave the, the pass defense a, a massive overhaul with pass rushers and cover people. But a lot of higher risk moves, too. Like, Bud DeFree's a fine player, but is he going to you know, fix all your pass rush woes? I have some questions there. I trust the Colts organization a lot more than I do the Titans organization. But, boy, I don't trust the quarterback. I mean, I think if anyone can solve the Wentz issues, it's Frank Reich in that that situation there. So I tend to give them the edge over Tennessee. But, boy, Wentz could really implode and, and destroy the whole thing. No doubt. How would you grade the NFC West? Is that the best division in football? Probably. I'm a little partial to the AFC North, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. I think, you know, without question, I think that's a conversation. Um, I'm really excited about what the Niners can do this year, though. Even if Trey Lance doesn't play, you know, you mentioned strength of schedule. Their, their schedule is extremely favorable. They, have, they were an uncommon amount of injuries last year. I mean, I think they have a chance to win an awful lot of games. I think the Rams are in contention for the best team in the league. As you know, Seattle kind of bucks every trend. You know, they, they, uh, their defense, you probably know this, their defense play averaged more snaps per game than any defense in the league, and they won a lot of close games, as they usually do, and, you know, they, they're not super analytically based in all these things, but Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson know how to win games in this league, and there's a lot to be said for that in sort of a Ravens-Steelers-like fashion. I have some concerns about Arizona, though. I mean, I don't mean to be hard on Cliff Kingsbury, but I think it's a very pivotal crossroads-type season for him to see if he really is a quality NFL head coach. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, now, do you have any analytical thing? Uh, on? It's like, almost like a wins-against-replacement type of thing for what happens to Green Bay, You know, two, uh, back-to-back 13-win seasons, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play for a down for him this year? I don't have anything analytical. I mean, I certainly have some opinions. Yeah. You know, we were talking about difficult divisions. I think if Rodgers is out of that division, they're in contention with the AFC South as the easiest, worst division in the league. And I don't know that I can put Green Bay at the top of the league with Jordan Love. If no. he's a starter and it's not Rodgers or whether he's in Denver or just sitting out or whatever – I do like their defense. I mean, I think there's something to be said for, you know, we're talking about coaches, young coaches. You go 13-3 and three your first two years as a head coach, no matter who your players are, is pretty darn impressive. But they had some pretty substantial losses, too. I mean, you lose your center. Is the offensive line in the same shape? They still don't have a wealth of receivers. I tend to think that they are, with Rodgers, a borderline Super Bowl contender and clearly the favorite in the North. Without them, I think they're, you know, is probably behind Minnesota in in the division, and certainly not a Super Bowl contender. I would expect a lot of growing pains from Love. With uh, Drew Brees retiring and the eight or so guys that they cut all because they get under the salary cap, where do you put the New Orleans Saints? It's another team. I mean, you know this better than anyone, but there are six or seven head coaches in this league that I almost believe can't bottom out. You know, Tomlin and Carroll and Peyton and these guys that are 
going to be in Hall of Fame conversations. And we saw it last year with Belichick. I, I thought New England had potentially the worst roster in the league last year, and they win seven games. So the Saints are interesting to me. You know, we, we all talked about, wow, I've never seen a team in worse salary cap situation than New Orleans. And it didn't hurt them that bad. You know, they were still able to keep Marcus Williams. But what's amazing to me, and this isn't exactly what you asked, but it's a team-building thing of the Saints. If you go back, if you look at their last couple drafts, they haven't made any draft picks. So they're so, you know, they, they have no depth whatsoever on that team, you know, because they only make a couple picks every year, and they make them count – but because of salary cap constraints, they don't have any cheap labor. You know, the the linebacker that's a fourth-round pick that doesn't make any money. They don't have enough of those type of guys. So if things do go bad, they could go really bad. I still think Peyton keeps them highly competitive. I hope it's Winston and not Hill. I still have hope for Jameis, and I think Hill is just more of a distraction than has true value. And finally, uh, Tampa Bay brings all 22 starters back from the Super Bowl. <coughs> the last team to do that was the uh, Steelers back in 78 going on 79. Uh, mm. you know, and, of course, they won the Super Bowl. Uh, can they repeat in Tampa with the Super Bowl? Sure. I think that's a very well-coached team, especially the coordinators, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, Leftwich and Todd Bowles, I think, are tremendous. And could Brady fall off a cliff? Absolutely. But they have so much around him that I think that he could even take a step back and they'll still be highly competitive. I do think it's a little bit too easy, too much of a shortcut to just say, wow, they're the best team in the NFC. I don't think it's by a slam dunk. I think they're the best team in the South. But it wouldn't shock me at all if the Rams have a better season, maybe even the Niners. Of course, you can follow Matt Williamson at Matt Williamson NFL or at at Williamson NFL. At Williamson NFL. Yeah, yeah. W- Williamson NFL. And, of course, you can read him on ProFootballNetwork.com. And, of course, give everybody, again, where you can find the podcast. Yeah, you can search for it anywhere. It's called Peacock and Williamson. We come out every day. Um, but the easiest thing is just follow me on Twitter. I post all that stuff. Okay, that sounds good. Hey, Matt, thank you so much for joining us on Schooled with the Professor. Absolutely. It was fun. And that does it for this week's podcast. In between episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at Clayton ESPN. If you enjoy these weekly one-on-one conversations, consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. Thanks for listening. See you next time on Schooled with a Professor.